Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Chapin Hemingway, joined as always by Lee Carlo and Jeremy Fisk, baby. This week we're going to be discussing Noah Baumbach's Netflix film Marriage Story, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. And then we're going to wrap it all up with our top five bad marriages. What I love about Nicole, she is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Dad, you're too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. She's He's very brave. competitive. I'll tell Charlie what's happening, and Cassie, you then hand him the envelope. I just get nervous. Can you unserve? What do you mean, like take it back? Charlie and I are getting a divorce, Mom. You can't be friends with him anymore. Dream on. Charlie Bird. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mom. What? Most people in my business, you just transactions to them. I like to think of you as people. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you remind me of myself on my second marriage. Baby, I'm amazed the way you love me all the time. Part of what we're gonna do together is tell your story. Did you dye your hair again? No, this is me. You don't like it? Is it shorter? I prefer it longer, but... How are you doing? As many as you, as you guys know, I've been, I take these long walks and I do a lot of thinking and I think a lot about our movies and I listen to our podcasts, et cetera. Um, and I, I came up with what I would, what I consider like <laughs> the three sort of definitive categories in, um, of a, of a great film. Okay. And so I think it'd be helpful for you to imagine in your head, like a star, like a, a star rating that you would see when you would like look for shop buying a car. Another two of you have, have bought like three or four cars since I've known you. So you probably do this a lot, but you know, you've got like your interior, your economy, you know, your gas mileage, et cetera. You know, you got these different categories, right? We have known each other for like 15 years. So yeah, Chapin's had the same car. <laughs> it's a lot of cars, guys. A lot of cars. I've had the same car. Um, and, so you, long walks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the car is uh, broken down. Anyways, so if you imagine these categories, they're sort of independent of each other, but at the same time, they're both they're they're very important to the overall quality of the movie. And so, you know, if you were buying a car, you could have like the interior is five stars, but you know, it drives like a piece of shit. So that part of it, the the engine gets a one star, you know, for example. Um, so they can, they can be good in their own categories, but they don't necessarily all have to be good at the same time. Um, and so the, the way I broke this up, you got to kind of a little bit, think of it as a pyramid. You've got your base, right? You're just your sheer entertainment value. And I always think about that, like, you know, Coincidentally, married couple who maybe have paid for a babysitter, paid for parking. You know, it's like a fifty or sixty dollar night just to get them into the movie theater, um, and you want to entertain them. You don't want them to be bored in your movie. So you've got that base. You've got that. So how many stars you put in that? You get your next category, which is how moved was I by this film? Was it moving? Did I have a cathartic experience? Did I did I feel something more than just entertainment? Did I did it make me think about myself? You know, does that kind of make sense? You know, did you have an experience that that was transcendent in a way? Um, and then the sort of the last category, which although it comes last, I don't know that it's the most important one by any means. I think the second one is, but the third one is, does it, does the film have something to say about kind of the human condition or about our society or whatever? Does it have uh, a, a meaningful sort of comment on our lives um, at the moment? And so I, without giving too much about my feelings about marriage story away, I think marriage story had a pretty good score in each one of these categories. And so what I'm wondering is, do you guys have any other anything to add or subtract from my categories? And then ultimately, how did marriage stories stack up in there? So what can you explain the first one, the engine one? <laughs> the first one is like the sheer entertainment of entertainment, it. Entertainment. Yeah. Just entertainment. So like if you okay. like if it's like, you know, a Michael Bay film would do rather well here. You know, it's gotcha. it's, it's it's entertaining the film. The film isn't you know it's uh, Michael Bay would do well here, but Terrence Malick wouldn't, for example. Right. Um, 
I like I like the the pyramid idea. Um, you know, I to answer your first question, you know, I don't. I think maybe the only other piece that I would add is maybe just like are the from a filmmaking standpoint. I mean, we look for that a lot. Like, are are the pieces in place? You know, the the acting, the screenwriting, the directing, the cinematography. Sure. And that I'm not sure where that falls. I mean, honestly, it's it's possible that falls even below entertainment value because even if all that stuff is there, if the movie's not entertaining, um, cathartic or trying to say something, then doesn't matter. Um, well, I kind of left that out because these categories to me are, are hopefully more relatable to your average film goer who maybe isn't looking for all these things. Right. Um, right. And cause one of the things I was going to add about marriage story is that it's also got this kind of autobiographical nature, which is very important to me, but you know, I bet most people who watched Mary's story over the last two weeks don't give a shit about who Noah Baumbach is or if this movie is at all about his right. life or not. Right. Um, I think just in terms of Baumbach, what I like about him is that that bottom piece of the pyramid is the bottom for him. Um, I think it is a little bit less important that his audience is entertained by what he's uh, what he's putting on screen, and I think it's, I think the middle one, like you said, Chapin is probably the most important. I think he's striving for his audience to have some sort of a, an attachment or some sort of an experience with his movies, and whether or not that's a uh, a relatability factor or whether or not that's just a character that you connect to, um, I don't think matters. I think it varies from film to film with him. Um, with Marriage Story, I think that is the spot that probably scored the lowest for me that middle one um i think it's has moments where it's entertaining for sure i think it's got things to say absolutely um and then the middle one i guess as you know as it turns out is the one that's sort of the most up for interpretation too um depending on how each audience member reacts to it and that that for me i think he didn't fail at by any means but i think that's where this movie may have struggled the most would empathy fall into the moving ca- uh, category, you think? The middle one? Yeah. Would you think empathy f- as yeah, an audience member? I think that's member... like your experience with it, like aside right. from the entertainment. Yeah. So that's where it, then it lacked for me as well, because my empathy for, if we're going to like just, I'm going to put it on the table of what I disliked about this movie, and then we can sort of build backwards from that. It's, not caring, I guess, uh, for what these characters are going through as much as they are caring about it. So you as the audience audience member didn't feel that way? Yeah, me as as an audience member didn't feel the same way that I think Bombach wanted me to about his characters. I, there's a lot of not like uh, not caring as much as they were portraying. That's I think that's that's really interesting that you say that, Jeremy, because I, that that is so the trap that you have to be careful with in these films, right? Like you have to be careful, especially a filmmaker like Bombach, who is in such a sort of um, kind of criticized and mocked. Um, kind of uh, social environment, like the West Coast elites. We hear about that all the time. These like, you know, New York people, you know, the, these these categories of, of people are, you know, off, are sort of, sort of overrepresented in film um, because so many people who make films and are in films are from those areas. And so for people in, you know, who aren't in the film industry or who aren't, you know, from New York or LA, it's, it's, you're always at the risk of sort of alienating them or, 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 you know, not creating characters who, like you said, are empathize or, uh, you know, you can feel empathy for. Yeah. I think that was a part of it. Like, I think that being like the fact that they're artists, it's not, it's not that the fact that they're artists, it's the fact that they're sort of entitled to that. And like one of the big issues with their marriage is the entitlement to their art, which I don't think uh, on the face value is necessarily a bad thing, but the way that it's sort of portrayed like, hey, this is the big issue we're having with the marriage. There is something that Nas at me the wrong way and I can't quite articulate what it is. 
Well, what I think is interesting is that I mean, Bombach always like I think his movies are are very often less concerned with plot and story and a hundred percent focused on his characters. And the interesting thing about that is he often has pretty unlikable characters in his movie, you know, with some exceptions, but I was thinking it's interesting cause he has, and I've told, told you guys, I've been watching a lot of his movies lately and I, and you know, there is certainly a connection between all of them. And you could even make the argument to a certain extent that all of his movies are about just different generations of the same characters. I mean, you have, you have, uh, mm. I, I sort of use the middle, the mid range as Squid and the Whale, uh, with with Jeff Daniels' character. Dustin Hoffman essentially plays an older version of him in uh, in uh, the Meyerowitz stories, and then here, well, to a lesser extent, you have maybe like a younger version of the Laura Linney Jeff Daniels marriage with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver here, sort of battling over their you know artistic integrity and like who's the better artist and who really made who, and so I think the fact that he makes these unlikable characters but then has some successful movies means that in some of them, and maybe in Marriage Story, maybe not, we'll get to it, there's a reason that you still like the characters. And it sounds like, Jeremy, maybe you had a little bit of a difficulty with that here. And maybe that could be performance. Maybe that could just be the way that the story's written, or the you know, or the no, absence I, of the story, what the subject matter is. I think it, it, it is more towards your point of of Bombach's cynicism that so he the, so sort the of film, brings the filmmaking, to filmmaking, not so much the characters. Well, I, or the, well, I would or say the, the writing, the writing, the writing or the, yeah. yeah, or the you I, know the undertone of in the writing. There was a point in this, and I, I mean, I didn't dislike this movie, but there was a point where I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I don't figure it out. Why are you guys being so terrible? And it's like sort of this, it's trying to portray this marriage as sort of the, like, it, it, I don't want to say universal, but just like everyone should understand that marriages fall apart and everyone should understand that this is like, this is why. And I, I, I feel like, there was a point where I'm just like, or figure it out, figure it out without going there. Figure out how to keep your marriage together or what? No, figure out this divorce, figure out out this divorce. I have a thought on that. And I, I really enjoyed the first two thirds of this movie. And I think that it was because, and I'll say, I like a lot of, I like a lot of bomb box movies. Um, uh, especially the ones I've been catching up with. Francis Ha, I thought was really good. Meyerowitz Stories, I thought was good, which I watched recently. Um, and uh, While We Were Young was another one with uh, Naomi Watson and Ben Stiller that I liked. But all of these movies are, are really just sort of a slice of life. Like, they they don't have a plot. They don't have a story. It's really just watching these characters at a very like, specific and, and uninteresting point in their life where maybe a little something has changed. And the first two-thirds of this movie I thought was a little bit like that. Yeah, they were going through a pretty dramatic part of their life, but that was the drama. That was sort of the unwritten drama here is that you have these two characters going through a dramatic part of their life. And then then you hit this court scene uh, when um, Ray Liotta comes back uh, as Adam Driver's lawyer and Laura Dern is Scarlett Johansson's lawyer. And... You follow that scene up, that really dramatic, overly dramatic, very scripted court scene with a very dramatic, overly dramatic, very scripted argument. And I thought, like, okay, like, there's too much story now going in here. There's too much story arc. He's trying to write where this story is going instead of us just sort of watching these characters figure it out. And that goes a little bit to what you were saying, Jeremy, is, like, you wanted these characters to just figure it out because for the first two-thirds of this movie, that's what we were doing. And it was dramatic because divorce is dramatic and they have a kid and that's you're trying to figure out what happened and why they've fallen out of love and how they're going to manage to live their rest of their lives. And then you just then it felt like this movie got written, if that makes sense. And I didn't like that. Well, OK, so I've kind of gone over what I thought didn't work about this movie, but what, what I do think he he did really well with this movie is balance and this movie like this movie dares you to pick a side it it asks you basically to pick a side but without giving you sort of any indication of which side to pick um 
and I think he did a really good job of that. And I'm actually kind of curious what, like, where you guys fell on that on that line, because he <clears throat> gives about pretty equal space for both Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson's characters in this, and doesn't really judge either of them, and and sort of lets you be the judge of them. And I I can't imagine watching this movie and not and, and staying completely neutral. Uh, neutral in this yeah um that's a good question i think the film did a great job of equally representing them um you know i i i think what ultimately i come down and it seems like adam driver's character was the impetus for the divorce his his the way he was the the way uh, his selfishness his um his sort of self-centeredness his his uh, narcissism you know kept him from being a a great husband but it seemed like as i think is kind of at least from anecdotally i understand of of some some divorces you know that the 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 grieved person the the, the person who feels you know as if the divorce has been done to them or who's initiating the divorce, you know, may punish the other person, you know, if, you know, unknowingly or not, you know, they may, they may not realize what they're doing is doing that. But it seemed like Scarlett Johansson's character was her demands were a little unreasonable and were, were, were having a really awful effect on, on him. And it's not that it wasn't hard for her, but you know, it's interesting because he's suddenly at her mercy where it seemed like she was at his for most of their marriage. But we didn't see that. We just heard that from her. We didn't. You're right. And I think that that, um, that particular, um, that particular blind spot is quite, is really interesting to me. And I think is done really well in the, in the film and in that big argument that's kind of the set piece of the movie where the two of them are arguing in his apartment in Los Angeles, you know, he's, he turns on her. Like he, he's been sort of forced to accept and be, you know, admit to his selfishness and his, his ill behavior. Um, he also had an affair, but she, but he's, you know, seemingly didn't understand it, which I think, you know, he, or he, he wasn't aware of it, you know, she didn't express it to him. And so now suddenly it seems like she's turned on him and just has decided to be, um, you know, begrieved. I mean, personally, I think this film's slightly more empathetic to Adam Driver's character. I think, it, I, mean, I think he, it is too, really? but, but it's not, yeah. but it's not, I don't Interesting. think, I don't think that they, I don't think they're siding with him. I think I don't think they're siding the either. The experience with him is is worse. His life situation is the one that's changing the way that he doesn't want it in a, in, a, in many many ways. Hers isn't right, but a lot of that is, and this is uh, this art. The fact we're having this argument is a testament to the filmmaking, the balance that this movie is able to achieve. Again, keep in mind, end of the day, I said I don't really care. Figure it out, but. The fact that we are having this argument and saying like, who who's at fault here and who's not at fault and who who whose uh, side the the film is on and what where your empathy should lie is a testament to Bombuck. See, I thought this movie was definitely more. I don't see. I don't like to put it in the terms of like whose side was the movie on, but I do think that that driver character was more at fault in in their reasons for divorce. I think the yeah, movie absolutely. tried to portray it that way. But what I thought was I disagree. interesting was that Driver's side... So, like, if, if you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, well, this movie is portraying uh, Scarlett Johansson's character as the victim and Adam Driver's affair and selfishness and you know lack of willingness to focus on her career led led her to leave him and and to file for this divorce and so as an audience member you're you're now siding with scarlett johansson and but what i thought was really interesting and i actually credit adam driver a lot for this is how well he portrays this like sense of loss and not like losing her but like trying to understand how his life has just so drastically and quickly changed and 
the idea of him missing what once was, you know, the good things, even if they were, you know, small. And it's sad to see what's happening and, and not just sad seeing a family break apart. But, you know, I just I, I got I caught myself thinking a lot like, God, like, you know, I'd, I'd really miss this one little thing. Like even like, you know, in, in my marriage, just the simplicity of, you know, each other's company and sitting on the couch watching a show or I just think like those moments are hard to portray as an actor. And I think he pulled that off. And then, and as a result, I sided with him. So yeah, maybe balance is the right word, Jeremy. Like, but it wasn't just a whose fault was it? It was telling kind of two different stories I thought, which was done well. Yeah. I just thought he was like, he was portrayed as the more reasonable one in this whole thing. And that she sort of came at it in a more aggressive, uh, darker fashion which seemed out of character for the things that we were we heard about her at well, certain I think points. she was motivated to do that by the people surrounding her you know the the to an West extent Coast but then there was also there was also moments where they were together where she could have just gone back back to a more reasonable state and 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 didn't it and i think the reason they had Adam Driver have an affair or t- have that is to t- kind of tip the scales a little bit. Like I think it was a screenwriting concession to make this a uh, a more uh, fair fight, for lack of a better term. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I think that stuff to me, you know, the the whose fault was it the you know, the affair, the arguments, like those those aspects were where this movie started to lose me. So I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it. But, you know, that kind of subtle characters trying to cope with this, get through this, talk to each other about it, that a lot was made up in a lot of this movie, <clears throat> I thought really worked. And I thought was the best parts of this movie by far. Uh, and like I said, I think maybe that can be a credit to the performances. It can be a credit to Bombach in general, um, because I don't think that it's funny because this movie is called Marriage Story. I don't think that the story is ultimately the most interesting or best part of this movie. So, Jeremy, I want to know. I don't think I quite understand w- your trouble with what what led you to what led what, why you had trouble with empathy. Because there was a point when we talk, we can sort of get down that road where. Um, there's it. that scene where it's sort of the the pivotal scene where they're just screaming at each other in the apartment um and i just I, I just didn't care i just didn't care about these two couples relationship because i thought both of them were in a were in a situation to have this much drama over it in in a weird way like i felt like if they're gonna go through this then they need to figure it out well also also i think like there not enough was given to the kid in in caring well that was my point is that that argument scene was this at this written drama this scene that was written to add drama to a to a movie that was already dramatic enough and What's a little frustrating is honestly, like that we're going to be watching that scene for the next three months because it's going to be the highlight clip of everything about this movie and Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. I actually honestly think it may have been the, my least favorite scene in the movie, and it's partly I think to what you're saying, Jeremy. It's not that I didn't care about about them, but I just think that it was overly dramatic and it wasn't necessary because you're dealing with a dramatic subject. You guys remember I my I I talked about my reservations for this movie about you know a a director that perhaps could be you know considered cynical that makes some cynical movies and is now making another one about a pretty cynical subject matter and look that's all fine and that's all there but it's just there already so you don't need this blow up scene that's going to be the highlight of this movie and the you know the billboard of this movie to make sure that your audience knows that's going on. And, and maybe it's the obligatory argument seen in a divorce movie. Maybe you have to have it or something. But 
I don't know. I I just felt like adding that such extra elements of drama and the same to be said with the scene right before it in the courtroom and I loved Laura Dern and Ray Liotta in this movie but those characters created this unnecessary melodrama and over overly dramatic scenes yeah I feel like they didn't deserve that scene the these argument ca- yeah, the, yeah these characters didn't deserve it like they're being they're both being spoiled a little bit they're being spoiled brats in like they they need to figure I just like they needed to figure it out for the kid like they both had their life that they wanted to live and both are very privileged lives and i understand like obviously going through a divorce is just going to be terrible and heartbreaking and all that stuff but at the same time i feel like they didn't earn that scene well i don't think that that is the case in like the realism aspect of this movie. I mean, look, I have really no relationship to divorce. It hasn't really impacted my life at all, which is a good thing, of course, but I I can't I can't say that, you know, anyone in that circumstance needs to just figure it out, like that they're that they're not allowed to have that argument even, you know, they need to just figure it out for the sake of their kid. Like I can't put myself in that position. I don't think that the movie totally earned it. But more importantly, I don't think that the movie needed it. That and that was my biggest frustration. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're gonna tiptoe around it, we should talk about the most maybe the most important thing to talk about with this movie, and that's the performances of our <clears throat> two main characters. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. What do you think, Chapin? Um, I I thought Adam Driver was incredible. I mean, I think he uh he he for me has been on the periphery a little bit in terms of ascending to his reputation um you know he people I mean think if you him, if you throw 50 darts at the dartboard eventually you'll hit a bullseye Say that again If you throw 50 darts at the dartboard eventually you'll hit a bullseye I don't know what you mean. What do you mean by that? Because he's made so many movies. This oh year. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean I've always appreciated him as an actor like from yeah, girls I've always liked and him. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, like, uh, there's only so much you can get out of Kylo Ren, for example. But I, I, I sure. thought he was fan- fantastic. Um, but I think the biggest struggle for me for this movie was Scarlett Johansson. The the most trouble that I had. Uh, she just, I don't know. Like, I mean, most of her scenes are with actors who are just a lot better than she is, and. Um, I, she just, you know, like we, it's kind of a cliche to say she had trouble holding her own. And I don't think that's what I really mean. Like, but the caliber of acting that was surrounding her, just, she just, she wasn't able to bring what others did to this film. And like, you really needed that from her. Like, I think, um, you know, Jeremy, maybe if she was better or there, or that was like, I, I mean, I don't know who would, who it would have been Kate Winslet, who, 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 you know, I mean, there's plenty of actresses. Yeah, Kate could, Winslet or Meryl Streep. I mean, they're in Kramer versus Kramer and revolutionary road are the two perfect comparisons. You know, you, you take someone who, who's better with it, who can, who can handle that dialogue. Um, and I think you've got a much more empathetic performance. Yeah. I'm with you 100%, especially on Scarlett Johansson. And and look, I've I've never been a big fan of hers. I don't think any of us have. I don't think any of us have ever claimed that she's a great actress. But at the same time, I was I was really disappointed because we haven't really seen her in anything other than a Marvel movie for a long time. And I know, I know. Right? So I had the same thought. I was just like, okay, so like, you know what? Maybe here we're going to see that she can do it. And you're <laughs> right. She just couldn't like and I don't and I even wrote down I'm like I don't know how to describe what she didn't do and like I don't know how to describe when an actor doesn't pull off a performance the way they should and the only answer I was have well, like just watch this movie and you can see it like you can just see the difference in the quality of performances between her and Driver and between her and Laura Dern and Laura Dern's an actress that I never really thought was that great until I know Big right? Little Lies yeah. like apparently she's just got to play like this bitchy rich west coast elite woman and she does it amazingly yeah but you're right like it's just she's just i don't think she's bad i don't think she hurts the movie although maybe you're right and if she had been better jeremy may have connected better but i think she's fine i just think like 
every driver is great and a lot of the other performances in this movie are great and it's you know on top of it it's frustrating she's got golden globe nominations screen actors guild nominations she's gonna get an oscar nomination and undeservedly so um I didn't hate her in this. I think I it's probably hate the, be- her either. I, the but... best performance she's ever done that I've seen. I haven't seen Under the Skin, which apparently she's really good in. Um, but I agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, I, I think someone else probably could have brought another level to it that just wasn't there. Um, I think Adam Driver was weird casting opposite her. Uh, but. I, it's just something about, and maybe, it, maybe it goes to, uh, maybe it goes to the you know the couple's marriage, but something about the two didn't seem like a pair really. Um, but uh, I thought he was really good in this. I think he 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 brought that extra level that she couldn't. So so, I want to ask you guys something. I think. It's easy to, um, you you mentioned the, the clip, Lee, that we're gonna probably you're right probably gonna see versions of for the next three months. Um, I think it's interesting to think about, uh, especially when you watch Scarlett Johansson in in that scene and and in that one take monologue she does early on um, in Laura Dern's in Laura office. office. Yeah, where yeah. you do start to see the seams and the cracks in that performance there. And I, it got me wondering, you know, when you compare it to, because I had the same thought about under your, under the skin, which I think she's also she's very good in, um, but it's not, it's just totally not the same thing. And I know it's hard to go in and say this is challenging, but this isn't challenging. But I mean, I don't know if it gets harder than the work that they that Noah Baumbach asked these two to do in this movie. You know, it's a lot of dialogue. You've got to be emoting, and and you've got to go from sort of zero to sixty, from from happy to sad, in one take with a lot of dialogue. And I think that that's really hard to do. And I think it really shows. It really is a test of an of an actor, and it can really be kind of like, um, you know, a final exam for a great career. And I and I don't want to say that. Like I don't want to say that you that like a, you know, walking around as an alien killing men in in scotland isn't a real performance i mean i'm sure it is it's as real as any other thing but it's i do think that there's something specifically challenging about this that is unlike any other type of performance that you see you know like the occasional one-liner she's got to drop in in an avengers film and i like those movies but they're not i don't think that they are challenging in the same way and and i like her in them but but it's it's once you once you think about that context when you see when she's really challenged that she doesn't hold up it makes me question her abilities as an actor well said yeah i mean yeah yeah i agree and driver i mentioned like the things that yeah, you're, you're right, Chapin. Like, the, this is very dialogue-heavy, as all of Bombbox movies are, and I think it demands a lot of his actors in terms of emotion. But I talked about, like, what I saw in him portraying this, like, loss of his old life and not really understanding how or when it happened, being this kind of underscored piece of his performance that I loved. Like, I just think that that wasn't on the page. I think that's something else that he brought to it. Like, I just think that... He, to be able to do that in a movie that is so in your face with a lot of things, especially this, you know, final two third of this movie to have kind of some subtlety and like, you see him working so hard to like do the right thing for himself and his career and his son. And even maybe to a certain extent, his failing marriage. And I just think like that desperation in him was, a credit to his performance because I saw that and I I thought it was great, and maybe that's also why the empathy for me or or that balance I was talking about laid more on Adam Driver's side. Yeah, I mean I can see of it. his performance and the humanity of it. I think that that's the subtlety that Scarlett Johansson is missing here. Like you, you really have a sense that you know he's trying and he's struggling to um address this new lifestyle but he's working at it and you really feel that he, it's out of control for him but for her it's just 
it's it's just a they're just bigger steps the subtlety isn't there it's just like i'm sad i'm happy i'm crying i'm you know and and yeah i don't feel her transition as as i do with with driver and you know arguably she's got more dialogue and yet you still have let you still sort of feel like you don't know her feel her experience quite as intensely i have a question for you guys yeah what uh how did the comedy in this work for you uh i can only remember one moment when i kind of chuckled a little bit um, well there was a couple there was i'll give you some examples of scenes that were supposed to be funny it was this like the scene where uh the sister serves him the divorce papers okay yeah sure that was fine yeah uh and i didn't, I didn't the, think that was funny I don't think well, it was. I, I'm saying I it was the scenes funny. that were supposed to be funny, um, and the scene where the the counselor or the observer comes over. Oh my god! Sorry, I lied when I said my least favorite scene was the argument. That right? was awful. That, that was, what were they doing like, with that character? That scene seemed like it was from a different movie, right? Yes. What were they doing with that character that played the woman observing them? What was the thought process yeah, there? That was strange. So there was, I, I just thought the comedy, the comedy wasn't interwoven into the tapestry of this movie as well as it could have been. Um, and I, that's a strength of his, I think. I actually think his movies do a really good job at being oh, funny in a really dark absolutely. and twisted way. I and love, not here. I love The Squid and the Whale. Jeremy, did, am I correct yeah, in saying great. that we watched that together? When it came out, I think we did. Yeah, I, I just love that movie, and I watched it again. It's a quick eighty minutes, 85, oh, yeah, 81 it's minutes. Fantastic. It's great. Yeah. I just love that. I mean, he's awful, but I love that the Jeff, the Jeff Daniels character is he's so, so good. good and so funny. And like, there are just such that is an example of an awful time. I mean, it's they're, they're obviously, as you said, Lee, like the the parallels there are very evident. But like, you have to think about like, um. Just the so so many great lines in that movie. <laughs> that character in particular just makes me laugh. And one of the reasons it makes me laugh is because, as I said about intro, it reveals something like about myself. Chapin, <laughs> you have to right. watch. You have to watch the the Meyerowitz stories. It's not as good as Squid and the Whale, but Dustin Hoffman is literally like it, it, that movie is literally like if you were to watch Squid and the Whale characters like twenty years later. And where they've ended up, Dustin Hoffman is like Jeff Daniels exactly, like the way he talks about his 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 writing in comparison to, or his, I mean, he's a sculptor, yeah. not a writer, but like his work in comparison to his 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 four wives that he's now at this point had, and like his competitors and things like that. It's so funny. It's the same type of comedy, um, but yeah, that's not. I mean, look, this movie is like full on divorce story. So maybe it's a little bit trickier to, you know, have a laugh at that. But mm-hmm. that's look, that's something he does well. He shouldn't I don't feel like he should shy away from it. I mean, you know, we we love that Yorgos Lanthimos gets all fucked up and twisted with some oh, serious things. Like Yeah, he should definitely not shy away from it. B- I just Bombach. think it was weir- weirder in this. Yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, I thought the Look, the I think the you had a, a, a funny scene on paper when they serve him uh, and a bunch of actors that just couldn't pull it off. I mean, I don't know the sister's name. I've seen her in um, uh, a couple of things. She was in um, that show New Girl with Zoe Dachanel. And then you have the woman from Airplane that we haven't seen since Airplane. Um, oh, right. She was Airplane. <laughs> so, I, I mean... <laughs> And Scarlett Johansson, who we've made, you know, made it clear how we feel about her performance. So maybe that just didn't get pulled off the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have a final question for you guys, if there's nothing else. And this Please. is, you know, a little bit of a, you know, typical cynical Lee Carlo question for you guys. But um, how do you guys feel about, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe this isn't the case with this movie, but I feel like this movie was just predetermined to get all the nominations it's gotten, all the high scores it's gotten. And that ha- that seems to happen every year with something. But it gets on my nerves. And I try not to go into movies with that in mind because I know that I will judge it with, you know, maybe a, judge it harsher than I would otherwise. Um, 
And I don't think I did that here, but it does aggravate me that, like, I mean, there's obvious, like, Scarlett Johansson is not great in this movie. And she's going to get nominated a ton of times for everything. And it has a 94 on Metacritic. And there's a lot of really good things about this movie, but it's not, you know, six points shy of perfect. So I just wonder well, about a, that, like, predetermination of a movie like this just getting all the love. Think of the alternative. If it would be hard for them, I mean, because she's serviceable, right? Like, she's serviceable she's in this fine, movie. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be hard for any nomination to just nominate Adam Driver over and over and over again in a movie that's about this sort of equal balance of this couple and then Scarlett Johansson getting no love. I mean, if she was legitimately We're not here to think about their feelings, at least not here at the Fixies, so... Well, the Fixies, we won't. We're not going to pull any punches with that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the Screen Actors Guild that she is a member of. Right, or the yeah. Oscars so or any of those. What's your point? I don't, what do you mean? I don't get what I'm you're... D- what, whose point? Mine? Yeah. My point it is they're not going like... to. Yeah, they're, they have to nominate her too. I don't think the, so. In this situation. I don't think they do either, but they the way it works, they do, I think. I mean, okay, I, but I if know. this is the. I mean, let's not forget, like last year, a, a horrible movie won Best Picture. So at least they're doing. Uh, you know, I think we're in a better <laughs> so this, position. This is a step in the right direction. Yeah, sure. I um, really like this movie. I didn't. I, I agree with you. It is frustrating about Scarlett Johansson. I think, um, but the Oscars aren't out yet. There's a you know, there's a few, a lot fewer categories. To nominate. I'd be shocked if Adam Driver gets nominated for an Oscar and she doesn't. He's fucking insane. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? No. Do you? Yes, it's the inability to relate to another human being. It's the inability to love. (laughs) April. April. April! April! The inability to love. Oh, oh, Frank, you really are a wonderful talker. If black could be made into white by talking, you'd be the man for the job. So now I'm crazy because I don't love you, right? Is that the point? No, wrong! You're not crazy, and you do love me. That's the point, April. But I don't. I hate you. You were just some boy who made me laugh at a party once, and now I loathe the sight of you. In fact, if you come any closer, if you touch me or anything, I think I'll scream. Oh, come on, stop this, April. Ah! <sighs> Fuck you, April! Fuck you and all your hateful... What are you gonna do now? Are you gonna hit me to show me how much you love me? Don't worry, I can't be bothered. You're not worth the trouble it would take to hit you. You're not worth the powder it would take to blow you up. You are an empty, empty, hollow shell of a woman. This week, our top five is top five bad marriages in film, of course, because we do a film uh, podcast. So, out for this. Uh, Lee has been claiming since at least two o'clock Pacific Standard Time that he's yeah. got the list to beat while the rest of us were still at work finishing our jobs. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was watching a few movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lee, why don't you kick us off with your number, your criteria and your number five? Um, okay. Didn't really have any criteria. I had a couple things I avoided, but I'll, I'll leave that They had to be married. In case, in case you guys um, have some of those items. Uh, my number five, I kind of had some things I was going back and forth off, I, back and forth with. Um, this isn't necessarily uh, uh, n- indicative of the quality of the rest of my list, but this is one that I've always pointed out when it comes to bad marriages. Um, it's a tie, but it's the same marriage, two different movies. It's um, uh, Knocked Up, and this is 40, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's Marriage. Oh, that's um, a great one. Specifically oh, shit, in This is winning. 40, like, I always watch that movie, and I was like, God, I feel bad for Judd Apatow if, like, this is what he thinks, like, marriage is, or if this is what his marriage is. Like, you know, the, oh, I'm, a, I'm a long ways away from 40 at this point, but, you know, I'm hoping that by the not time I'm long, there. Not too th- long. Um, what are you, 30s? 30s, yeah, I'm 30s. Yeah, you're 30s. 30s. Um, I, uh... I hope that once I'm there, like, you know, it just, it, it, 
hasn't gotten to that point. Um, I don't see the signs at this point that it's heading that direction. So that's good. But, you know, I just think like these are people that just don't like each other. Maybe they love each other, but don't like each other. And that's never a sign of a good marriage. Where do we end things with them at the end of that movie? Remind me. I think it's just more of the same, you know, like they're just going to kind of keep trying to make it work. Okay. Yeah, like life's miserable, whatever. It's it's yeah, the mar- funny the, mar- the marriage is hard, you know, quote that you hear all the time, which I just think, you know, marriage is work, but I don't think it has to be hard. Anyway. All right. Um I'm going with for so basically for me, uh I didn't. I also didn't really have any criteria other than they had to be married. Um, I feel like I have a lot of ones I can kind of uh, pop in here if we have too many repeats. So I have a, I have a, a lot of good ones. Um, but my number five is going to be sort of an obvious one, and it's a movie we reviewed on this podcast sort of early on, and it's uh, Blue Valentine. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. I mean, that is sort of, that's Marriage Story. Marriage Story is Blue Valentine light in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Blue Valentine goes goes way sort of darker. And part of me appreciates that. If you're going to go there, go there. Tell me, remind, you know? remind us what happens in that. Because it's also on my list, and I'll change it out for something else because I have quite a few. But um, remind me what happens to their marriage. It falls apart. Oh. So, later. <laughs> it ends. Uh, I just remember the there was like a lot of sort of in your face, intense arguments uh, in this movie that you know sort of struck a chord as feeling uh, true and and intimate. Um, yeah, I just remember walking away from this movie being affected. Yeah, it's one I haven't seen since. Which I haven't is, either. Uh, <laughs> tells you the, the tells you the whole. It's story. not. Yeah, it's not one you you run out to see again. Okay, speaking of that, uh, my number five is Lars von Trier's Melancholia, and that would be the marriage between Justine oh and God. Michael. That's a good one. Forget about that. Uh, I. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I love this movie. Never a good it, sign when she like bangs the bus boy at her own wedding. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> she's trying to hide her like extraordinary depression from her husband. Great. And then on the night of her wedding, goes that fucks like the what the groundskeeper or some cousin <laughs> yeah, or something, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter anyways because the planet's gonna yeah, the world's gonna end. And so. gonna end. So you might as well do uh, all the fucking. <laughs> I just, I literally just, so I liked that pick so much, Jape, and I just typed it in on the bottom of my honorable mentions so I could act like it was always there. (laughs) To yourself. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm like, why am I typing this? (laughs) Um, Okay. My number four is a movie called Waitress. Have you guys seen this? I heard of it. Nope. Directed by, written and directed by the late Adrian Shelley, starring Carrie Russell. Um, she plays a waitress at this pie company, makes really good pies, uh, and she gets pregnant from her loser husband. And um, at first, first kind of tries to hide her pregnancy, and you know sneaks money away that so that she can just run away. Once the baby's born, she ends up in a relationship with her doctor. Um, and I can't remember if her husband is abusive or just shitty, uh, but either way, he like is just. Every time he's on screen, he's you know a huge asshole to her. I mean, it's a PG thirteen movie, so we don't get too dark uh, with this one. But um, really underrated movie. Um, sad story. What happened to the writer director mm-hmm. as well? Um, she was murdered in a terrible way that made it look like a suicide. Um, Jeez. But uh, yeah, good movie that they've recently I think made into a Broadway show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I haven't seen, but uh, one you guys you should... haven't seen the Broadway show. I haven't seen the show. No. Oh, weird. I haven't gotten to it. I you, I thought you caught them all. I do. I try. You know, I try. But... I hate having to work around Lee's love of musical theater. <laughs> I know. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I could like musical theater. 
Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Moving Hamilton. on. Jeremy. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number four, I'm going with The Shining. Uh, What's so bad I mean, about I don't that know. I don't know what else to say about that one. I mean, it is just, it it, it goes awry pretty quickly. Yeah, but is, well, but she but, interrupts him while she's he's working. God. I mean, yeah. What's he supposed to do with the sandwich? <laughs> God, it's a good thing he had the axe with him. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like, depending on how you interpret the ending, um, it wasn't. Was he always there? Was that really like? What, what was that marriage? You could you could certainly second guess that, but. Uh, on the surface as a marriage that that wasn't i he definitely didn't like her from the get-go it was see, what's, what's fascinating about that is that i don't i think kubrick hated her as well the actress shelly duvall do you think that, yeah like, he did that was deliberate that he cast her a, a little bit i mean like she's very innocent and chipper and nice but then there is something annoying about her in a weird way <laughs> Am I just yeah, she's, and she's face. a very u- unique looking person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, she was the perfect olive oil for Popeye. Oh I mean, my god! Yeah, she was born to play that role. Yeah, it was weird casting. All right. Okay. Chapin. My number four is Ginger and Ace Rothstein in Casino. That's a great one. Okay. Yeah. So I left Scorsese movies off my list. That was one of my small criteria because mostly because I was trying to figure out which one I'd pick. Yeah. Um, but that's a good, good fe- one. Goodfellas is an honorable mention for me. All right, Lee. Wait, so remind me. So I know uh, Sharon Stone hooks up with Joe Pesci at one point, so, right? I, I mean, and I think like, the, the, they, ultimately it's it's a marriage, not so much of convenience, but of like, it, it's a marriage of convenience for her. He seems to really love her or was infatuated right, by her. Right, but she's sort of a and gold she, chaser. Yeah, and she... There's a point where she says, like, like midway into the marriage, she's like, I, you know, you knew what you were getting into when you did... Like, I was never going to love you. And right. um, she's crazy. She's got, you know, this pretty terrible drug problem. She's has this guy Lester played by um what's his name James Woods who hangs James on Woods, yeah and then right. yeah she like blows um Pesci during one scene <laughs> the awkward scene um all right my number 3 is Gone Girl yeah Amy and Ben Affleck <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever the hell his name was in that movie <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's on my list, but I I'll pull it off at this point. Okay. Nick Dunn, Nick and Amy Dunn. Yeah, terrible marriage. Terrible. I'd like to see I'd like to see the sequel and like that marriage continuing and how how that goes or read the sequel. They made a book out of out of that movie. Yeah. All right. So what are we on? We're on the number threes. Yep. Um, <laughs> so my number three is Double Indemnity. Yeah, I knew that was going to be on your list. Yeah, it's Barbara uh, Stanwyck's character, Phyllis D- Diedrichson, and <laughs> her husband, whose only title is Mr. Diedrichson. Yeah, well, so, I left it off my list because he dies so soon. Right. So well, marriage is yeah. done. Problem marriage solved. Marriage is done. <laughs> So, yeah, you have a wife that's trying to kill the husband for uh, insurance money. That's just a bad sign, right? That is going to go terribly. Um, And it's one of my favorite movies, so I thought... Threatened double indemnity clauses for me. Yeah, but there's not enough money there. What, is she going to take miles? (laughs) Yeah, uh, she gets $25. (laughs) Yeah. College fund. Oh, you got 50. Double indemnity clause. Uh. Point, All right, there's my number that. three. Uh, is it my turn, number three? It is. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with The Squid and the Whale because I love that yeah. movie and I watched it. And I think, you know, now that I think about it in a little more detail, um, going back to, I think, your point, Jeremy, about, you know, trying to equal out the sort of the the sides um, of the two mar- of the two people in the marriage, you know, like, like Jeff Daniels, is, his character is awful. And you can understand, like, 
how in a way uh, someone like Adam Driver's character in Marriage Story could become, as you said, Lee, uh, someone like Jeff yeah. Daniels if if you didn't kind of intercept that a little bit. And it's and he's you know he's he's awful, he's self centered, but he's also he's he's in love with himself, but he hates himself. You know, there's just a ton of reasons he's terrible. But she's also got a long list of infidelities, and not just like it's not just that she cheated on him, but with she's, Ivan. With Ivan, yeah. But she's also like, she's a little, um, she's a little like too forthright. Like she's a little too open about things, and she's got in her sort of um, kind of laissez-faire attitude it, it is a little um, off-putting at times. Like her, 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 throughout the whole thing, Jesse Eisenberg is saying, "Mom, I don't want to hear that." And like you know, like there's, right there, there are boundaries that she crosses that she probably shouldn't have. And you, well, in that movie, interestingly enough, like dares you to pick sides too but does it like through these surrogate characters with the two sons like Eisenberg's character sort of like sides with his dad and the other the younger son sides with his mom and like sort of forces you to pick as well and I think that's kind of an interesting dynamic um all right number two is my number two in the bedroom uh William Malpather and what's her name Oscar winner from the other movie, Marissa Tomei. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's a good one. I would not have thought of that. Just came to me last last second edition. Um, and I had to remember for sure if they were married, but then I remember Sissy Spacek has that line um, to her where, uh, to Nick Stahl where he's she's like, he, she's not divorced yet, you know. So it works. Mm. Fits. Natalie Strout and Richard Strout. There's a movie we used to. That's a great. That's a great pick, guys. I mean, it's like I, when I think about that movie, I think of Tom Wilkinson, Sissy Spacek. Like that's the initial sort of. And I forget about that relationship, that other relationship that is really at the crux of uh, why things go so poorly. There's a movie that has an earned argument between the two leads. Right. And that's a movie we used to tout a lot, but I guess time has taken its toll on forgetting about it. Um, yeah. Okay, and that was actually another point I wanted to bring up about Marriage Story, is I really wonder how time will treat this movie. I I mean, you have sort of two kind of bases uh, or two you know barometers of what this movie could be in, in terms of history of movies, and Kramer versus Kramer is one that I think many people would argue would stand the test of time. I, have to, I would have to see it again. And Revolutionary Road is another one, which I think is still a fine movie, but I would argue has sort of gotten lost and forgotten. And I think maybe Marriage Story is going to fall more on that end. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I disagree. Um, All right. So my number two. My, <laughs> <laughs> what do any of us really know? <laughs> Uh, my number two, I should just call this my Michelle Williams list, but it's going to be uh, Manchester by the Sea. So she was in my number five in Blue Valentine, and she's in uh, my number two, Manchester by the Sea. But and did they have a bad that, marriage? They, that marriage gets destroyed by the the death of their children. That marriage beforehand was not bad. Okay. But sure. it gets destroyed afterwards by the death of their children, and they can't stay together. So, that, so that's um, interesting, because I actually was thinking, like, okay, like, bad marriages, like, we're going to have a ton on the list about, like, just people who, like, shouldn't be together, don't like each other, have fallen out of love, should get divorced. But this is, like, a different this sort is a of different, approach. Yeah, like, different take on it. Their circumstances, you know, made it bad. I like that. But just as much this, or even more probably, this marriage cannot survive. Right. I haven't seen that. I still need to. Well, it's real just, uplifting. You just yeah. found out the, what happens. Great. Good thing I wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah. He's looking up his number two. I mean, what I, else no, do I'm, I got? I'm honestly just trying to decide which one is worse. And I think I've, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Revolutionary Road. Um, Oof. All right, so that won't be my number one. And and the and the reason it's just that, I mean, in a, uh, I don't know that that movie is better than this movie, um, than Marriage Story, but the sort of the the awful breakup scene that kind of punctuates it is better. The one where they're fighting in the kitchen and 
you know, she kind of devastates him. Um, man, just like such a dark, dark film in many ways. And God, I just love that. Like but, all those girls to 10 years ago <laughs> went to Titanic and saw came back to it. And it was just like, yeah, this is what life's really like. This is what would happen I, with Jack and I Rose thought guys. about Revolutionary Road, but I, I, I talked myself into the idea that like their marriage wasn't all that bad. I what? mean, Oh, it was terrible. No, like they, for a good amount of that movie, they actually are like getting along really well. And then he gets that promotion at work and then she gets pregnant and like that delays their plans to like continue their happy marriage. Yeah, and that's but when it goes poorly and then the whole point of this is bad marriage is... I don't know. I don't know if it's... I don't I, know. I definitely think it is. I don't think it's a great marriage. I just think it's... I don't know. I think you could argue that their circumstances were unfortunate, but they were not a bad couple or in a bad marriage. No, 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 no. That's the reason it's so devastating is that it's so easy for that to happen. They're two young, you know, seemingly adventurous people. They get married, they have a kid accidentally, and then their lives are just, you know, and just changed forever. And, and they can't, they just can't, at least she can't handle it. And then he's unhappy, but, Bearing with it, and I don't know. Okay, I, I mean, think it's look, a great I, pick. Thank you. I don't think it's a bad pick. I just said I thought about it, but I talked myself into the idea that it's not a bad enough marriage for my list. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! All right. Well then, <clears throat> man, I meant to have a. Let's hear this during. number one. My number one. I don't think you guys have seen this movie, so I'm not going to get like the, oh, my God, Lee, 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 Lee. You know, anyway, um, it's a documentary called Crazy Love. Um, have you guys ever heard about this movie? I've, I know I brought it up on a podcast a long time ago. Um, this is a documentary the from one with, uh... 2007. Um, and it's about Bert, his name's Bert Pugach and his – and um, uh, Linda Riss and if you haven't seen it like honestly I don't want to like tell you what happens in this movie because the reveals are so incredible um but obviously this is our top five bad marriages so there's a marriage involved um and it's just like a sort of amazing story that seemingly as you're watching it you're like why is this a documentary why are we watching about these people and then you just get this first reveal and it's like oh my god and then you get another reveal even later in the movie which well give really us a hint blows the top off ah it's hard Wait, to get I, mean, I can't find it What's yeah it? it's weird it's hard to type it's hard just type in crazy love 2007 um uh, it's from 2000 yeah for some reason when you type type it in it doesn't it's not the f- first one of the few things that pops up um so, Crazy Love from 2007. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I remember the, that poster. The bizarre true story of Linda Riss and Burt Pugash. I mean, basically, um, something happens to Linda Pugash that uh, Burt Pugash is arrested and imprisoned for. Um, and it's sort of um, incredible. Interesting. So, worth a watch. Hour and a half long. I know it's tough going watching 2007 movies this time of year. Perfect. We have plenty to watch, but um, after the holidays, it's uh, it's so good, and I remember loving it. And I, as soon as we thought of this list, I was like, "This has to be on it," and it's so good. So, Great. All right. Can't recommend. Well, it after enough. after finagling because uh, other picks, I'm gonna go with my number one being Phantom Thread. Oh my gosh! Great but, pick. But they're happy. No, they're not. Are they? <laughs> that's that's such a good one. He like literally says right after they get married that he needs to uh, he needs to get rid of her. She's ruining everything. And then oh yeah, but she they poisons find, them. They find happiness at the end. It's fucked up. Yeah, by poisoning each but other. They, he likes it. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, would no. call this is that a great, uh, this is a great pick. Thank you. So, yeah, that's my number one. I, I think that even if the, you consider them happy because they have to poison yeah, each other and he has to take marriage. care of her, that is not a good marriage. You have marriage. to use the criteria where you're like, uh, like if like if I were like, Miles, let me show you some movies that are examples of good marriages. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not saying it's a like good Phantom marriage. Thread. I'm just saying that they're happy in a weird, fucked up uh, way. 
Okay, well, then you could say the same thing that I said about Revolutionary Road. There's a good part of that movie where they seem happy, even though, like, their lives kind of suck. They need, The way they can find happiness is by punishing each other. Okay. My number one. All right, what's your brilliant number one? My number one is Tony Montana and Elvira, uh, Elvira Hancock in Scarface. I thought about that. Oh, yeah, she never liked him from the get-go. And the thing is, is, I don't think he liked her either. He just wanted her as, like, a piece of... Yeah. It's like a, it's a, something to conquer and steal from his rival. And she hated him. He hated her. They didn't ever seem... To, like, they never seemed to be attracted to each other. They didn't ever seem to have sex. Um, they couldn't have a kid. Uh, how it, did she... Did she die? How did she... I don't know. That's a great question. I forget how she... I don't think she dies. I think she just... I remember leaves. how Either his way, sister he doesn't dies, do so well. Yeah. Who he was, like, more in love with than he was with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Well, that's... That's a discussion. Pfeiffer's bad in that movie, too. Right? Have we who? settled on that? I don't who? Michelle Pfeiffer. She's not good in the movie. Oh, yeah. She's really... I think she's really bad. In but, I mean, movie. she's bad... But is she bad because she's uninterested in Tony like that's you know you know what I mean like is, is it bad she could have she could have made that more interesting yeah I think so I I've I'd never... love to revisit this movie I think there's probably a lot of things that aren't great about that movie something that get somehow that movie cost 35 million dollars in 1983 which would make it like one of the most expensive movies of that year strangely enough I believe it God, if that movie were made today it cost it would cost like 300 million dollars <laughs> Okay. Uh, any honorable mentions besides the brilliant picks you left uh, off of um, from my list? I did. I had uh, well, American Beauty. Surprised? No, I know we've been talking about that a lot lately. Yeah, That's it was, why I left it it was off. a honorable mention for me. Um, Earl and Linda Partridge in Magnolia. We just That's an honorable week. mention. Yep, honorable mention for me. Rebecca, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca, I had as an honorable mention. Never seen it. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer, which Lee you mentioned earlier, yeah, so I kind of kept yeah, it off I the list. Intentionally left that off. Yeah, and Goodfellas was the other one for me. Cool. Yeah, I had a couple of Gone Girl, Blue Valentine, but you guys said them all, so. Nice. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. We would love to hear from you. Feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com. You know, I had an idea today that I was talking to a friend who wanted to comment about the podcast. I was like, you should email in. And you know one thing we could do? is if you want to have your voice heard on the podcast, you could record a voice memo on your phone and email it to that address, and maybe we'll play it if we think it's an interesting Yeah, and then we can respond to it immediately. And we can respond to it. And so you can hear your voice on the extraordinarily popular podcast, the Get Your Film Fix podcast. God, man, what what an opportunity that would be. That, like, could be somebody's big break. Totally. So we get we get kicked off the podcast. They start doing <laughs> one. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee.